You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Bobby Jonas. Hey, Dan. Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. Tony Groves. Good evening. And special guest, Steve Thompson. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, welcome, Steve uh, Thompson, to the iRacers Lounge. Uh, I know you're a listener, and hit us up to be on the show, and here you are. And it's really that easy, guys. If you guys want, anyone wants to be on a show, just talk to us, you know, and we're happy to have you. So uh, so let's get to know Steve Thompson as an iRacer first uh, with our Q&A. So what brought you to iRacing, and when when did you, you know, first start and how did you hear about it the first time? Yeah, I joined in uh, September of 2015. I was watching uh, NASCAR America on uh, NBC Sports Channel and I saw Parker Kligerman was using iRacing. He was in the sim there and it looked really interesting to me. So I've always been, I've been a NASCAR fan for quite a while. So I looked it up and I joined up. And it's uh, it's been off awesome experience. You've been at it ever since, huh? Yeah, I, I've uh, I, I race four or five times a week, so it's uh, it's uh, really exciting, and I can't get enough of it. All right, so let's talk about what do you run? You said four or five times a week. Is it official? Is it hosted? Is it a league? Are you in a team? Yeah, I race uh, with a league, the Old Bastards Racing League, mostly, and um, we have four races a week, and the Arca Series, which is a Canyon Pro Car, um, the uh, Cup Series, the Truck Series, and then the Xfinity Series, so I basically run those, and then we also have practices, so I, I practice probably eight times a week. Nice. All right, so the Old Bastard Racing League, or OBRL, as you call it, right? Yep, that's correct. All right, and there's kind of a neat story behind the name of your league. Tell us quickly about that. Yeah, the the league name comes from the International Order of Old Bastards. It was started with a group of Army officers stationed in Australia during World War II. They spent many evenings, hours, inhaling spirits and good fellowship along the way the guy started using the enduring salutation hi you old bastard and soon this soon started the bastards we have met club so it's natural to call our league the old bastards racing league um, okay. and it was it was formed in uh, 2013 uh-huh and and so what does it take to be, get into this league uh, you have requirements right yeah, yes, we do. Um, you've got to be 35 years or older and have an I rating of 3,500 or under. Or under? Um, yes, or under. Now, what's the idea there? Why did we exclude the guys above 3,500? Uh, what's That's kind of unique. Yeah, we're, what we're trying to do is most of the guys in, are, are older guys that race in the league. Probably the majority of them are you know, 55 years and older. And uh, we've 
we we try to talent the the members so everybody's kind of an equal driver um we've had some guys come in that are above 3500 and they've just like creamed the league so we try to keep it to where everybody's uh kind of equal yeah that's a neat idea very novel uh concept uh when i heard about your league a long time ago that was the thing that kind of caught me as your your hook so to speak uh, but that's pretty cool, and uh, I fit into that category, I think. <laughs> so I would probably be okay over the old Bastards League. Uh, and so how many guys do you have on a regular night? Is it limited? Is there more than enough? Are you guys recruiting? Yeah, we're recruiting right now. Um, we've got about 105 members. And uh, actually, last night, we had our uh, truck series race at Pocono, and we had 32 guys, so it was a really good turnout. Um so anybody that wants to come join, you can go to obrl.net um, to our website. We've got a really extensive website, and there's an application there. You can fill out the application, and we have a six-race probation period um, to see if you fit in with the league. Okay, so let's take last night as an example, because we our, our team has just been having this huge discussion about the amount of cautions going on at, at Pocono and... Uh, for example, like uh, 80 lap race, uh, 42 laps of it was a caution. What do you guys see in your league uh, as far as the amount of caution? Like what percentage? Uh, typically, we only have one or two cautions, uh, you know, per race. Now, last night we ran 40 laps caution free, and oh. then uh, and then we had uh, we had four or three caution cautions uh, after, of course, after the restart. Seems like restarts breed breed caution so but that's typical yep all right very good and um if somebody wants to get involved with the old bastards uh what what does it take to find you guys uh go to o o b r l dot racing or old bastards racing dot com and uh we've got a really extensive website there's an application there you can fill out the application um everything's pretty much um on the website it's it's real easy to do all right very good yeah i've actually checked out their stuff i signed up for about a hot minute <laughs> with you guys and then i joined the team and kind of decided i was going to focus on nis and then failed right before the season started but yeah it, it looks like a great league I, i'm sure you guys will be seeing me at some point <laughs> yeah we We'd be uh, glad to see you. We've got we've got a you know a bunch of administrators that take care of um, race review. We've got race review committee for um, each of the series, and then we've got one administrator that watches over the reviews. Uh, we've got guy that does the uh, video replays, and then we also one thing big that we have is we have a driving school, and um, that's Mike Schrader, who's the uh, team the uh, league owner, and Niels Clyde. Uh, he does the road racing, but anybody's welcome to go to the to the web page and sign up for uh, school. We even, you know, people that belong to the league are welcome to come. Mike's a great teacher. Yeah, That's that a pretty was, cool uh, perk. Yeah, that was, I, I meant to mention that because that was something that stuck out to me um, when I was looking to join because I was pretty new to the sim. And I thought that was really cool that you guys did something like that. Yeah, it's nice. We, uh, and we take, We'll take people in the league, you know, they're even rookies. They don't necessarily, you know, are going to race with us because we do have license 
license requirements, but they can come in and go to the school and come to all our practices and, and learn how to race. And everybody in the practices helps everybody. We're, you know, we're a fixed league. So, you know, they're, Mike's really good about helping guys set up their wheels and set up their, set up their uh, pedals. And then, uh, you know, there's very few things that you can do in the fixed setups. But we work with that as far as offset and steering ratios and brake settings. So, you know, we try to help everybody be a competitive racers. That's what we like is door-to-door -door racing, clean door-to-door -door racing. <laughs> really cool. Now, you mentioned a guy helping with road. Now, you all your series right now are oval, but uh, what do you guys do on the roadside? Anything? Um, well, what we do is in the uh, Cup Series, which is our Premier Series and the Xfinity Series, we run a 40-week series. We follow the actual NASCAR schedule in both of those series. So we've got some road courses in it. And then the ARCA series and the truck series, we follow the 12-week series schedule on iRacing. So there's uh, you know road races in there that we have throughout the year. So you know guys that are are not comfortable road racing, you know they can come to the schools and come to the practices, and guys there will help them get around the track. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting dynamic when you're racing in a league, and I've done it before. I don't do it at the moment, but um, let's talk a little bit about that. Like when you're in a league, uh, you're always racing the same group of guys, pretty much, and you get to know them. You know who's the problem and who's not the problem, and that kind of thing. And when it's a little different, official like NIS, like we always race. Uh, there's always like that one guy, uh, like today in Chris's race, there was that one guy who was causing all the wrecks and, um, but you know, next race, it'll be some other guy. Cause it's not always the same people. So there's def definitely a different dynamic. Yeah. That's the problem too. When you're, uh, when your IRA is going up and down and you're racing against different guys every night, you don't know which one is that guy. And that's, that's what the frustrating part, like, I wouldn't have known if that guy was that guy if it wasn't for our teammate, you know, Michael Morley saying, "Hey, watch out for this guy. He he's a wrecker. He's he's fast, but he'll run through everybody in the field to get there." And sure enough, he caused I think at least two wrecks I know of. Yeah, one one nice thing about our league too is, um, you know, with our with the with our point system, um, if you have instant points, those actually get taken off at the end of the race. So if you have one instant point, you get minus one point. If you run a clean race, you get five extra bonus points. So that's a big positive, you know, to, to race people clean. Plus we have a six race probation period. So if we have some guy that comes in and he doesn't fit, he's not a good fit and he's, you know, wants to crash, he's not a good driver, then uh, they're not going to be in the league very long. So you're running points for 40 weeks there? Yep, we are, yeah. and then we're having a playoff, playoff how, of course, with that. And are you have drop weeks, or how does that work? Yeah, we've got uh, eight drop weeks. Yeah. Nice, and the playoffs, uh, that's that's pretty fun. Are, are you doing it just like NASCAR where there's, you know, three, three, and one? Yep, exactly like NASCAR. Perfect. Well, that's pretty cool. What about broadcasting? Do you ever have a chance to have, you know, proper broadcasting of the events or? Yeah, we've got a couple of guys that sponsor some of the larger events like Daytona and Talladega um, that we do broadcasting on. And then um, we've got uh, uh, one of the guys in, in the uh, league, John Hastings, 
Um, he does the video replays for uh, Wednesday Night Trucks and the Sunday Monster Cup series. And so those are kind of a shortened uh, you know, view of the race, but he does a great job on those. Highlights, yeah. All right, uh, cool. Let's get back to our interviews questions. But that the Old Bastard League uh, sounds pretty cool. I love the name, too. Uh, let's talk about your hardware. Uh, what type of wheels and pedals do you have? How many monitors? And what kind of third-party software are you running? Yeah, um, I'm using the Logitech. I did, actually, I just upgraded to the uh, G29. I've got a G27, and I actually heard one. You guys talking last week about the uh, wheel being on sale uh, during Prime, so I, I just bought bought that. And then um, I use the Logitech pedals, and I took them out of the case and inverted them onto a steel frame I built. And I use a Perfect Pedal, which is a hydraulic pedal made for it's just like the Logitech pedal, um, and I use that for my brake pedal, and then I've added stiffer springs to both the accelerator pedal and the clutch pedal, and then I've changed the potentiometers in the uh, pedals to uh, magnetic hall sensors, and I use a Bodnar cable. And the reason I did that is because my pedals are outside, and the G27 pedals have an issue with uh, dust and stuff. So, Wow, that's pretty crazy. Uh your totally custom job on the on the pedals is what I'm hearing. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it it uh, especially the the perfect pedal, the brake hydraulic brake pedal that made probably the biggest difference in my racing. Yeah, you can really get on the brake and find that spot before it locks. You know. Yep, that's correct. And then uh, for, I use uh, the Oculus VR headset. Um, I've got four monitors. I, I still have those turned on because I like to run other stuff with it, but the VR is awesome. And then I use uh, I use the digital race engineer uh, with the VR. All right. And how are you liking that? Uh, I haven't heard from a lot of people that use it. Uh, you're using it with the goggles. And, uh, I mean, did it, did it take you a long time to memorize the voice commands? Because that's really where I got hung up. I would not remember the exact command. Yeah, I, I've I finally memorized. I've I got about 10 commands that I use all the time. Um, well, one of the nice things that the DRE um, just did in this last build is they have auto fuel. So if you come in on your last pit stop, it's going to automatically fill what you need to finish the race. So, um, you know, those are, there are a couple things you don't have to remember. You don't That's even really have cool. to say anything. It just does it. It automatically fills it. Yep. Now, you're on the paid version of DRE, so you're getting the updates? Yep, that's correct. Yep, I get all the updates. Yeah, see, I only have the free version, so I'm not getting that. But that might be worth getting. That's a, a nice feature. Yeah, definitely. I used one of the other uh, programs. I can't remember offhand what it was. But one of the most important things was that I loved was a pit countdown. And uh, also, it's telling you if you're speeding. So that's that's something that I can't hardly live without anymore. All right, cool. And uh, final question, your most memorable iRacing moment. Um, it was probably my first win in the Old Bastards League at, at Kansas. It was probably about eight months after I started with those guys. And then um, I, I actually won the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series that week at Kansas. So that, uh, that would be it. Wow, nice run there, all in one weekend. Yeah, that track taught me a lot, so it, it was it was great. And plus, the old bastards are tough too. 
Okay, well, cool. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, let's jump into uh, racing results of the NASCAR iRacing Series, uh, New Hampshire. Let's uh, pick up uh, where we left off. Uh, Friday opens, uh, Chris, P18, last car on the lead lap. I guess that's not too bad. <laughs> no, it had a pretty good race until the very end of it. That was the, the sucky part of it. Um, Hammer spotted for me for most of that race and, as usual, helped me a ton. Um, most, not with just with the setup, but probably more than that, just helped me getting around the track. And man, I think I was running probably top 10, maybe six or so. And the same dude that I just can't seem to avoid the last couple of weeks was running first, and him and P2 got together, caused a wreck, they ended up getting collected in. But yeah, I just, every time I dude's in my race, I end up finding them somehow. <laughs> Leader Rex, and you somehow magnet it to him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's and it was kind of almost the same thing with um, starting at Pocono this week. It doesn't seem to matter where you're at. I mean, people are just driving too aggressive over their head, and stuff happens. And sometimes you get through it, sometimes you don't. Yeah. All right. Uh, Saturday fixed morning. Uh, team member Tony Rochette got a P12. Uh, he made he made his way through the field a couple of times, top 10 car, made a green flag stop, but the caution came out soon after. Uh, two laps down, could never get back, and uh, that's just a bummer when that happens. And then uh, teammate Greg Hectus, Saturday fixed afternoon, P6. Uneventful race, he said, but uh, was racing late in the race for a top five and just ran out of time. He's trying to get uh, from P6 to... P5 didn't quite make it, but still a good run. All right, and uh, let's jump to Sunday Open early in the morning. Brent McCoy, P5, uh, new teammate. He qualified 14th. Uh, green flag racing the first 62 laps and became a caution fest after that. And uh, cautions breed cautions is what he put down here. But uh, he was running P12 when uh, a late uh, caution came out. Majority of the field pitted, and he stayed out, restarted P2, and held on for a P5. Uh, and that was second split for uh, Brent. And then Greg, P2. That's a pretty good result. I think that's the best of the week, right? Yeah, yep. Said started on the pole and ran up front all race. Late race, the leaders got into it and was able to dodge the wreck, and the guy in fourth got by me and won. It almost ran him down. Uh, he did post up a video on Facebook, uh, on his uh, Facebook page, about the incident and uh, showed the replay. It was pretty uh, pretty cool how he missed it and kept on going, but he couldn't quite get the win. Yeah, he just avoided that. Yeah, it was a luck, skill, I don't know, maybe a little of both. Uh, Chris, you also ran that night, but uh, you had the worst result. Yeah, that was terrible. I got caught up in a wreck and then uh, took it to pit road and got hit with um, a bug that a few of us have been hit by in the last couple of weeks where it wouldn't let me fix my motor. So I just had to end up quitting the race, and we were out. We were t probably 20 laps into it. That's a shame, too, because you would have got back into that race because I got damaged early in that race, too. We finished 12. There was just yeah. so many cautions. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when it was, but yeah, it was super early in the race. There was definitely plenty of time to fix it, but... Uh, the sim wasn't having it for some reason. Not we still haven't really figured out what's causing that yet. 
Well, somebody was saying if you get out and look at a replay and then go back in, it's not fixing the car. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that seems to be what what the deal is. But, yeah, I don't know what's causing it, why it's that way now, because, I mean, I think that we've all pretty much always done that. If you get in a wreck and your motor's, you know, you got a blown motor, that's the first thing you're going to do is jump out and see what's happened. So, I, yeah, it's the same thing I've always done, but for whatever reason, now it's triggering some kind of deal where you can't fix your car. We had it happen to another teammate um, this afternoon. Yeah, that one uh, happened to me a few weeks ago too. So now, if I gotta sit on pit road for any amount of time, I'm I'm scared to leave that screen. I just sit there and watch uh, nothing in front of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of wish it was. I I was hoping when I, it first happened to me that maybe they had switched things and didn't tell anybody. Like if you uh, there was no more replacing blown motors, because <laughs> I'd be okay with it. I hate going out and running all those laps down, but you know you you need to do it to save the points and save your IR. Yeah. Yeah, New Hampshire, uh, yuck. Okay, let's jump to Pocono, uh, starting yesterday. Uh, I didn't even look at where I finished uh, in the fixed race. But lap, six, lap 60, I did get wrecked out. I couldn't miss it. It was up in front of me. It was like either go high or low, and I to pick the wrong way, and that was it. And it was a blown motor, so uh, done. Uh, Tony Rochette uh, ran with me as well. He got a P10, so a nice run for him. Uh, he did get in a wreck on lap one in turn two with uh, three wide right in front of him. He had two minutes required and six optional. And so he paced his way around and uh, finished P10. Uh, Brent McCoy, P8. Nice run for him. Uh he immediately went into the top 10, lap 38, ran into the back of cars, wrecking, coming out of turn one. Running P12 on lap 72, took a right side, restarted P4, and finished P8. And so that was the fixed, and then last night we ran the Wednesday Open. And Chris, let's stop, and Bobby, let's uh, stop a moment and talk about the setups and what our team has been going through working on Pocono, getting ready for Pocono. Man, there was a lot of activity going on. And I think when I looked in the drive, we had eight sets at some point. Yeah, the participation has been great from the team, um, you know, working on these setups. And uh, I've done a fair amount of practice since they, you know, since when that happens, when you have a bunch of guys that are practicing, working on setups, it makes it makes you want to get on and practice. And I think you know, that's a, an awesome thing. It just kind of builds on itself. You know, I probably wouldn't have got on in practice Monday if there was nobody else on. Or if I did, if I would, it might have been for half an hour instead of, you know, two hours or however long we were on. Well, the nice thing, too, is, I mean, me and Mike and – was, was it you, Chris, or Tony was in a private session with us yesterday? And instead of, you know, one of us trying to run five different setups, you know, each one of us could take a setup. And then we could just run five, ten laps, get back together, have a little chat, and then kind of figure out, you know, we need to go this direction or that direction or, you know, throw those three out. Let's go try the next, you know, next three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sucks practicing, you know, running around by yourself. But if you're you know, practicing with your teammates, that might be the best racing you have all week if it's anything like Pocono started. Yeah, and, and uh, Mr. Hammer has given us something to work with. I, I think I ended up running uh, – a, a hammer set the first day and then today i ran a variation of it that mike morley had worked on a little bit 
But uh, Hammer is back, guys. He's definitely putting setups in the forums. It's the same stuff we're running, okay? We're not running anything special. It's uh, the public setups that he's putting out there. But uh, it was good. I mean, we had a bunch of things to choose from, and we I ended up running, uh, I think, version 6 of Hammer set. I think the funny thing, too, I've been here for three or four weeks now, and it, it seems like we'll start fairly far apart from each other, but it seems like all our driving styles will eventually line up and. By the midweek, end of the week, we're all driving something fairly similar to each other. Yeah, we were all running uh, different sets pretty much last night, I think. I think a couple of us were on the same one, but yeah, people were trying different things. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about results last night. Uh, I got P17. I got wrecked on the straightaway, man. Uh, I was going straight, You can, and I put a video on the on the Facebook page, but... You can see the seams in the concrete, and I'm running right along the seam, which is perpendicular with the wall, and the guy on the outside of me just literally turns into me. And sure enough, yeah, he had people chucking in front of him, and he wanted to, like, turn into my lane, but I was there, and I was in front of him, and he still turned into me and t- took me out. It was bad. He might be one of those guys like me that's stuck on one monitor, but you would think, I saw the replay, and you would think he had enough... Uh, bumper on you that his spotter should have been saying car low because he got right into your you know your right rear quarter panel. Oh, I don't yeah. think there's a, I don't think there's a worse feeling other than getting turned down the straightaway too. There's just nothing you can do, especially when you know you're holding your steering wheel straight. You know what I mean? Uh, but anyway, uh, more than half the race, as I mentioned earlier, was run under caution. I think it was 42 laps out of 80. Uh, Tony, tell us about your run in last night's race. Yeah, I mean, well, the the run for the most part was pretty damn good until I uh, I was trying to pass a guy in three, and I was down low, and I got on the throttle a little too hard, and yeah, she went squirrely on me, and I just I couldn't catch it, and went really hard into the inside wall. Um, didn't blow my motor or nothing, but uh had to sit and you know wait about 10 minutes for the car to get fixed up and yeah at that point there it was just well let's see what i can scavenge i was able to pick up about three spots so i finished p17 but and it's, it's a bummer i haven't done that in a while um normally i'm getting taken out getting caught up in other people's wrecks but this one was all on me and it sucked because i was running you know pretty good i was like top 10 uh pretty much pretty much the whole race up to that point so yeah oh well move on right yeah i remember you saying how good a run you were having and then this happened but uh yeah well, yuck. yeah yeah and you know i also wanted to mention like well you guys were running we we're all in you know different splits um i was in the very bottom split and we weren't having the issue near the issues you guys were um i can't remember how many cautions we had but it was nowhere near what you guys uh, we're going through, I want to say, uh, maybe four or five, I, I may be off by one or two there, but not, not too, not too much. I mean, it was, uh, we spent a majority of the time racing, which was actually quite a change. Yeah. Longer runs are in the bottom split and that's usually just the opposite, but yeah, I don't know what it is about Pocono this week, but especially in restarts, uh, everyone wants to take it three, four five wide and, I think it's because the leader's waiting for the green. The leader needs to go when the pace car moves out of the way. 
And that's really, I think, what's happening here. Because then everyone stacks up going into one. Somebody's going to get touched and go up into the wall. And there's another caution. You know, it's crazy. Well, do you think it could be that, you know, uh, I know the last couple to a few weeks there, it's just been nothing but caution fest after caution, you know, caution after caution after caution. So it's just basically qualified run, qualified run. So you're just trying to get all you can within the first couple of laps, you know, because you're, you're expecting another caution to come out real soon. Yeah, with that many cautions in a race, track position is a huge deal, and you just don't want to give it up. Okay. Uh, teammate Brent McCoy ran last night as well. Same thing he ha- uh, happened to him that happened with Tony. Uh, he basically uh, r- lost it, you know, and wrecked uh, in the wall, you know, off of three. Um, so P26 for Brent. Uh, and then Thursday Open, uh, just a l- couple hours ago, we ran. Uh, Bobby, tell us about your run. I started pretty good. Um, I think we qualified around 10th and. Just mind my own business. I think uh, we need to get Dale Jr. to record dive bomb because that was the key phrase of the day. So I was just letting guys go. There's no point in dive bombing somebody, you know, five laps into a race. It's just it's uncalled for. And that's how the guys get wrecked. Eventually, we had a guy hit the wall, and he had spun down inside the track. Well, he kept spinning, and he started to hold the brake. So I was going to go around him because I had uh, one of our teammates was below me. I think it was uh, Chris. Um, and he, at the last second, let go of the brake and came up into me, launched my car into the air, blew the motor, limped it back to pit road. I think we were low as 24, 25th, and then drove it back up to 14th at the finish. There was that many cars out of the race. Wow. Blown engine, and then you gained 10 more spots by getting back into the race. I mean, that yeah. tells you the attrition. I always try to stick around and finish. That's just kind of how, you know, you don't quit attitude type deal, but. It's it's tough sometimes. All right, and then Chris, uh, P16 for you. Yeah, yeah, that race was a nightmare. And what really sucked, too, is there was, we were, there was four of us um, from Team Fosse on the race, and we, we didn't even really get to race each other because <laughs> either um, it was just out of caution most of the time, and then by the time we actually got a little bit of racing, you know, half of us were torn up. I barely made the race. Um, I just got home from work. I didn't have any practice time, and I'm not a guy that's good enough where I can just hop in the car and go. I started from pit road, and, God, we were probably 20 laps into the race before I could even get a couple of green flag laps where I felt comfortable in the car. Yeah. Eight launches for 32 laps. Wow. uh, Isn't that nuts? And so Flowers was in there, and Greg, uh, Greg Hectus, and they all got caught up in that crap, too. Yeah, it was a nightmare, and we all, we have a pretty good set. I mean, we, we probably all could have finished top 10. I don't think I'm, maybe even top five, I don't think I'm exaggerating either. I mean, the car's quick. No, Instead, we all end up wrecked. It was, <laughs> and it got better as long as it ran, too. Yeah, if we ever got any of those. Yeah, the, the thing's awesome on a long run, if we can get one. I've only had one so far this week, and I've raced uh, three races, I think, so far. Yeah, so my race, I... I ended up top split, and uh, P25, ouch. Uh, ran 15th to 22nd most of the day, though. Uh, that's probably what I deserved. Uh, late restart was actually 19th. I had made it clear to 15th, but I finally got spun because everyone was spinning off and wrecking. And uh, The guy, 
anyway, we ended up spinning and losing our spots. We didn't get to get them back. I probably would have been 15th, but I didn't get them back, so I was 25th. And so, bummer. All right, Watkins Glen is next on the NIS schedule. What are your expectations? Boy, I'm just keep it on the track and survive, just like Sonoma. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I've always liked Watkins Glen. I haven't raced much on uh, here, but uh, you know, other games anyway. I've always kind of hated Sonoma and loved Watkins Glen, so I'm I'm hopeful. I got to do better than uh, Sonoma. <laughs> Sonoma, I was just absolute trash. I had no business being in a car at Sonoma. I know last year I had a fairly decent showing at Watkins Glen, so I, I'm I'm really hoping for just a decent finish. That that would be good. I think if you keep it on the team, you'll get out of there easily with a top 10 finish. Yeah, the, the slowdown until you can keep it on the pavement, you know. You got to keep it on the pavement. That's the key. Yeah, and that is with the speed you carry. If you make a mistake, it's a lot bigger than, say, at Sonoma. That's true. It's very fast there. And it is the cup version, which is even uh, more faster. But, uh, yeah, good good luck. It'll be a fast race because no cautions at all, none. Yeah, it's going to be the, the great part of it, right? After Pocono this week and running half our races under caution, <laughs> uh, no caution, you know, no caution racing sounds absolutely great, rogue horse or not. All right, let's talk quickly about your league race you uh, did, Chris, with Mike Morley and Phil Linden. Uh, Phil got a, a P20, uh, Mike, P, uh, what did he get? P7? Yeah, uh, no, I think that was the points. I don't, oh, that's uh, the points. Yeah, I don't know how he finished. Yeah, I'm not but, sure either. Uh, Ahead of us, I know that. Uh, but you finished P19 down two laps, and that was the uh, trucks at Charlotte, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was disappointing because uh, I can't remember what I got caught up in. Probably something I caused myself, but I thought, you know, racing these guys, this league kind of um, bounces all over the place. I mean, they'll do road, oval, dirt, a little bit of everything. And I was kind of thinking uh, trucks at Charlotte was going to be my chance to shine, but <laughs> I was probably maybe twelfth at best at you know, the whole race. These guys are great, and uh, the only thing that kind of sucked about it is it was um, no cautions, and it turned it into um, a fuel mileage race, which uh, again, no cautions for a forty-five minute race. It sounded really cool, but it kind of ended up being kind of boring. All right. All right. Let's jump to peak. Uh, peak at a race. Uh, I didn't get to watch it. I did watch uh, the highlights. And what's interesting is the highlight video that they put out doesn't match what people actually described as what happened. I had heard on Facebook that the last 50 laps was a total caution fest, like literally one after another. Uh, but they didn't portray that really in the highlight video. So don't be uh, confused. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was kind of, I had heard a little bit of, you know, there's a little bit of dust up on the forums about it being a, a bad race, and I missed it as well and went to try to watch the highlight video, and uh, I, I, guess, I guess I get why they didn't put that stuff in the highlight video, but it kind of sucks. I want to see, you know, good or bad, I want to see the, what happened in the race. Right. And, uh, yeah, there was some people on Facebook and some of the uh, Facebook groups talking about the race. It was a total joke. Uh, embarrassed to even have that broadcast, etc. 
I'm not going to name names, but, uh, yeah, people were posting stuff like that. Uh, even Matt Busa in the forums posted, hey, there's about three to five drivers who are reckless uh, that are causing this problem. So no names thrown. But uh, another neat thing that was posted, Logan Clampett put up a short video. Uh, he called it the NPAIS radioactive uh kind of taking off of the uh, radioactive show that they do weekly for NASCAR races where they listen in on driver chat. And so if you listen to it, it's basically two of the peak drivers uh, going at each other after they wrecked each other, uh, telling them how bad each other suck and that kind of thing. <laughs> I wish they did more of that. That's really cool. I didn't, I didn't see it until you just brought it up. Yeah, it's pretty funny to listen to. So go find Logan Clampett on YouTube and check that out. It's one thing I think um, Peak's missing is I would like, I definitely would like to hear more of that stuff even during the broadcast, like some of the driver chatter. And I think if you're a Peak driver, uh, you ought to have a camera too. I mean, uh, it's it's really cool. It's a big part of a stream. You know, if you can actually see the guy and see his reactions, and we've seen guys like Clampett and <laughs> just crazy stuff happens during the race and the reaction, but you can't really get to know a guy and care about how they're doing in a race if you don't ever get to you know interact with them in any way right all right well will's not here so uh i'll pick up the uh, world of outlaws let's jump over to that uh they did put out a uh onboard of howard weaver as he weaves his way from 19th to 4th in last week's uh, world of outlaws race at charlotte wow this was a really cool little video to to watch because uh, this guy, Howard Weaver, he is the bomb in this car. And he's going high, he's going low, he's weaving through there. And uh, it, it's it's quite a video uh, to see uh, this guy, and uh, he's obviously kicking butt, you know. Uh, but they did run round six, the Williams Grove uh, feature race, and... Uh, Pretty, pretty crazy. I did watch the uh, highlights video and uh, lots of side-by-side -side racing. I mean, man, um, I really need to get more involved in dirt. It sure looks like fun. All right, uh, moving on, uh, we'll jump to uh, Rallycross. I think they call it iRacing Rallycross World Championship. And Heikkinen takes it after 10 hard laps at Sonoma. Fox, who was in P2, had an incident with the barrier, allowing Mitchell DeJong to challenge, but then DeJong had his own barrier incident and collected Logan Clampett. Then a dramatic finish with Clampett and Zelensky for P5. So that's uh, the rally cross, and I guess I missed watching all these live this week. Well, with this rally cross, it seems to be kind of taking a different, uh, different approach than uh, we figured Mitchell DeJong would just kind of take it and just run and, you know, it'd be pretty much him there, but, uh, we're seeing different winners each week. Yep. All right, Tony, you got first topic. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> the one <laughs> sitting out for, uh, you know, the last week I am way behind on stuff, but, uh, <clears throat> well, we hit the, uh, the two billion. Lost your mic. 
Are we back now? Yeah. All right, good. Uh, I'm not sure where uh, you guys will start again. Two billion laps. We we, we hit it. <laughs> it happened. And, uh, well, iRacing uh, threw out uh, 10,000 credits uh, to one lucky racer. So, essentially, they they get a lifetime VIP membership um, and all and all the content would kind of what it would work out to be. Eh? Um, now I didn't do uh, a whole lot of research on this. Um, was this just for the, for the, for the day that they hit uh, 2 billion laps? If you put a lap in, you're entered into the contest. Yeah. You had to do it within 24 hours of them going over or something like that. If you had run within that day, I think you were entered into the contest. Yeah, and it had to be an official lap of competition, too. Official, yeah. And so, anyway, I forget the name of the guy who won it, but somebody won the ten grand in iRacing credits. So think about that. I mean, ten grand. You could be like that one guy, Mitchell, who used to host a race every 15 minutes or something for like three years. It probably went to like somebody that was racing that night and they won't be on again for like another month. It's like when, you know, you see somebody that wins the lottery, it's somebody that's like 80 years old. <laughs> yeah, the trial oh. subscription is his only night running. Yeah. It'll be one of those things where you sign into iRacing and you get the little pop up that, hey, you have iRacing credits. 10,000 of them. <laughs> wow. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be something else. I mean, <laughs> 10,000 credits. What, what a. What a thing to win. Man, that'd it be awesome. It should almost been a requirement for it. Like, if you win that those kind of credits, like, you have to host something, like, every night. Like, what else are you going to do with 10,000 credits? You're not going to ever be able to probably buy that much content. Now, that's not it. Everybody, I think, gets a $5 iRacing credit. Yeah, that's yeah. what email said. Yeah, now, they, that, that drops, I think, is uh, August 26th. Everybody gets uh, five bucks. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So watch your account for that. Uh, and, you know, kind of to celebrate the milestone of two billion laps. Now, wasn't there some other stats that they put out? Like uh, they put out some pictures of the people with the most uh, laps, the most starts, the most laps led, and the most wins. And so if we look at oval drivers, Vic Greenwood has the most laps at 472,000 laps. Jay Hollingsworth has the most starts at 14,500 starts. And the most laps led is the same guy as the most wins. And that would be none other than Tyler Hudson. Pretty cool. Uh, do you guys? What did you think of the stats? It's a lot of laps. I was curious. I was curious to see what mine were, and I've run almost thirty-six thousand laps in official races. Just that. Yeah, and then the road drivers. Chris Hewson had the most laps and the most laps led. He's done one hundred and twenty-three thousand laps on road. A hundred and twenty-three thousand laps on road. Let that sink in for a minute. That is huge. Not to take anything away from the four hundred thousand and oval, but you know, this is a lot of friggin' laps. 
especially in road because you know you don't have as many laps in a race, right? Yeah, there's not yeah, a lot of short, short road courses. <laughs> yeah. And then even the dirt oval drivers, Corey Winsel, the most laps, twenty nine thousand. Dirt ovals have been only around not less than a year. And those racers are super short too, so yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a short time span to hit that number. Well, a pretty neat way to give away a lifetime VIP membership by just awarding 10,000 credits to some guy because surely that's enough to buy everything that they offer from now through several years from now. And more. I wonder if they pro uh, prohibit him from gifting those credits to other iRacers. Yes, I did read that in the forums. That guy sucks. Oh, yeah, some aces, well. man. All right, uh, Bobby, you got the next one. Uh, nine out of ten finishers at Eldora have something in common. Yeah, this is pretty crazy when you think about it, too, where the youth movement in NASCAR's come. Look at all these younger guys. Nine out of the top ten in Eldora run iRacing on the dirt. Now, some of those guys had not been to Eldora, so the first time they ever saw it was in iRacing. Um, now you look at Chase Briscoe and Logan Seavey, they are both over 3,000 I rating, and the rest of them are somewhere between, say, 1,200 and 1,300 I rating, um, which is pretty impressive on the dirt. Yeah. We had uh, Noah Gregson come into our practice at Pocono the other night. It was our league practice, and uh, we were talking to him about running the, the dirt race, and telling him what a great job he did and he's, he said it was because of uh i racing yeah and you look at the driver stats and they also show the oval rating these guys aren't just running just practice i mean these guys run official races i mean they're i ring i mean chase briscoe's for his oval his asphalt deal is 49 20 and, and logan tv's is eighty six seventy five. that's pretty impressive yeah so yeah. tv's isn't that crazy <laughs> i mean yeah. that's peak territory there's definitely a correlation and this is a an article that was put out on nascar.com actually about this uh that uh nine out of the ten finishers at the eldora race were i racers so pretty cool and this has actually gotten a lot of play on sirius xm2 in the, the morning drive they were talking about you know how far it's come you know for driver development with online racing versus Basically, just showing the track and whatever seat time uses what you get. Yeah, I asked Noah what the big difference was, like on Pocono and uh, racing in the in the truck series and the real truck series, and he said that the uh, the thing about really run or live racing in NASCAR is the uh, the trucks are predictable, where I racing it's not. So he says it's actually a little easier. Right. All right. Uh, moving forward. Uh, one quick update from Tony Gardner about the new damage video. He said he shot most of the video, but one last piece we, we wanted to include, but we couldn't shoot until early next week. Targeting end of next week to release a video. So that means tomorrow uh, we should be expecting a new damage video. So watch out for that. Lots of hype going on. Can't wait. I really, um, I don't know if you caught some of the other stuff that they were um 
close about the new damage model, but what I'm hopeful in particular for is how they showed the way the card geometry is going to work now, where it's been using spheres. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that whole, and now it's going to polygons or whatever, but I'm really hoping that that cuts down on something like the Ghost 4Xs. Just, you know, uh, ridiculous spins. Does this mean we're getting debris cautions? Who knows? All right, Steve, you got the next one. Uh, Tyler Hudson has some update on the next uh, build. Yeah, I lost you, huh? <laughs> All right, I'll jump in. Uh, Kokomo Speedway is definitely going to be uh, in the September build, according to Tyler. So he said it's moving along very nicely. Yeah, you you went mute, Steve. I lost you somehow. All right, Tony, McLaren Shadow. One of our teammates was talking about in participating in this. Oh, darn here. I uh, I saw it all blacked out, so I didn't... Uh didn't even look at this one at all um yeah so uh mclaren's announced uh the mclaren shadow project a virtual racing program that shadows are real world racing and once again i racing will be included in the qualifying um now we talked about this already but they put out more details basically uh start dates yeah so they got uh the qualifying is uh MP430 qualifying would be five weeks, July 31st to September 3rd. Uh, three races per day, open setups, standard iRacing points, open to D license and above. And uh, the tracks will be Montreal, Nurburgring, GP, Monza, Spa, and Interlagos. Um, the MP412C qualifying um, will generally be all the same except they will be running from September 11 to October 15. And the tracks there will be Brand Hatch, Circuit Zolder, Circuit of the Americas, Amola, and Suzuka. And this is open setups D or above. And so, like, almost anybody can do this. And so you just have to run the races. There's three races per day. And you got to know how to run the car, obviously. I don't. Uh, yuck. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, Mike. I got I don't even have the car. I'm terrible at that stuff. Oh, rating it says they're gonna take the highest driver with the combined points total. So you gotta run both series then? Yeah, and they don't overlap, so I that's the way I'm reading it. But get in and get it, guys. Uh, it starts next week, next Tuesday, if you're interested. All right, uh who's next? Bobby, you, you're next. Okay, let's see where we're at here. This is the one where Alexander Horn uh, clarifies a little bit about what the incident system is designed for. A lot of people yeah. are talking about it should be redone and this kind of thing. And this is the iRacing's response to that. Yeah, my computer kind of went a little slow. They're trying to load it. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting uh, what the people have thought about how they should change the system. Um, I know one of the races I saw the results they were talking about too is a guy had over a thousand incident points from cutting the track in one of the twenty-four hour races. 
and it didn't seem to affect his license because it was a team event. Right. I think that's where a lot of this discussion is kind of kind of really ramped up from. Yeah, and one quote from Alexander about this, he says, We certainly did not have a 24-hour race in mind in regard to the incident points, which is why we decided to turn it off, which was probably not the right decision. He said, For Spa, we debated it back and forth, but decided to keep it off. Again, maybe not the right decision, but this tool is not intended to solve the problem up for discussion, the off-track incidents. For that, we would like to have a drive-through penalty after XYZ number of off-track incidents. I can't say for sure when we will make the change as the race control engineer is on another project, but I can provide updates as we get closer. I know once he finishes his other project, this is high on the list. And so they are going to make a change on the roadside uh, for this, and you're going to end up with a drive-through penalty for off-tracks. Well, what are your guys' thoughts on that one? Um, I mean, that seems to be a a pretty... a pretty good penalty for for getting you know so many off tracks. Well, not just one. I mean, it can't be just one. I think maybe if you get four or five. Yeah, it's within a time frame too. Like X number of laps and X number of one offs would trigger that penalty. Right. Like if you have one, you can't have another one within twenty seconds or something. Yeah, because otherwise, if you could do a driver swap and you could fall within that window, and the last guy hustled the car real hard, hit it like three times. You get in the car and hit another one, it would trigger the penalty automatically. Yeah, he doesn't give specifics about how that will work. I mean, he did say X amount of off tracks, you know, X being a variable, obviously. I want to feel varied by track. Right. I think it almost have to, depending, but... Some interesting discussions in the forums. Uh, this thread is called Let's Change the 17X, and uh, it's up to 17 pages of uh, discussion. Uh, there's a lot of people that have an opinion. There's actually a bunch of little forum topics that have spun off of it, too, from uh, from that race. All right, I'll take the next one because it relates to me. Uh, remember when we ran Eldora Trucks? Uh, Road to Pro, I had a problem with the blinking again, just like I did at the restrictor plates. Really bad blinking. And so I did post up a uh, in the same thread that I did to report it to iRacing before. And I did get a response and uh, from Randy Cassidy, who works for iRacing. He said, Mike, we'll take a look and see if maybe the trucks have the same kind of issue while running on dirt. And if you recall, the issue was at Talladega... The cars bottoming out uh, combined with the amount of cars in the race combined with they're all in the same corner at the same time in a pack. And I think that's what they were saying caused that that problem. But uh, Eldora apparently is similar. There were a lot of trucks. I think it was 34 trucks or something. and uh, But they must have been bottoming out too. Yeah, it's a you know tiny track, bunch of cars, and then you know you have a lot more um, effects on a dirt track than you would other ones too. I know when I was uh, I had a on my old um, GPU, I couldn't even run dirt races just because of the you know the dirt um, and the stuff flying around the track. It's just extra data, and yeah, I don't know if we've got to narrow it narrowed down, but there's definitely a bottleneck in your computer someplace where that data is getting clogged up. 
whether it's network cards, CPU, whatever. You know, there's a there's something that I I used to have that issue too. Uh, cars disappearing, and I in the uh, render file I changed the LOD PCT to 25. It set at 100, and it's a percent to scale distance before choosing level of detail. And uh, I've noticed that helps also. That might be a good suggestion. Yeah, you know, my stuff is four years old, and I have everything turned down. And I really need to get an update on my computer. Yeah, it seems like Steve's suggestion sounds like a good way to turn down some of that data without turning down your cars. Which yeah. Is, yeah, that might be a good way to try it. Yeah, I'll check that out for sure. We'll give it a shot. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Bobby, you picked this one up. This was something that we were just talking about, I think, uh, recently about fast tracking. Yeah, it, we were talking about earlier due to the fact that it was um, guys who can drive quickly can advance the fast track but maybe that's not the best way to learn adequate and coming up through a series so on the forum topic of wanting to get people's opinions um on jonathan rex is the one who started it um you're talking about how you used to have to run a full season a 12-week season to move up to well that's the way when i started how it was and then shortly after that they introduced fast track and you could it's a minimum of four races and I believe you got to get to, is it 4.0 on the safety rating? Yeah. Yep. All you got to do is Fancy just roll mission. around and not worry about where you finish. Don't Dead last is perfectly fine. But the, what the goal is, is don't get near anybody. I, I always tell people, look, go and be a half lap back from everybody else and stay away from everybody and don't let anybody get within five seconds of you. And that's what you do. And guess what? You'll fast track right to A. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people were talking about too. Is you can fast track without having to race, and you don't learn that etiquette, etiquette right. you know, next to somebody, not overdriving the car, and then washing up into them and hit, taking them out in a corner, or, you know, how to lean on somebody and not wreck them. And, and there's a few other things too. I think you don't, you miss out on learning how to set cars up too. I think that's a big one. You learn the feel of it. But the flip side is participation. That's what you were saying, Chris. Yeah, because like, uh, well, for example, I don't even know if I'd be racing NIS if if it was still the old way. Because I just joined back in November, <laughs> and you know, by the time, uh, so by the time I was it would have been able to drive NIS, the season probably already would have been started, and I probably just would have done something else, you know, raced a league or raced, uh, you know, a. And I don't know. And we've discussed this on the, the team a little bit, and I don't know what the answer is because you can blame it on rookies um, wrecking the field. But the guy that I mentioned that's wrecked me three times in the last week, or, you know, I was caught up in wrecks that he caused, he's been around since, you know, the beginning pretty much. He's one of the guys that's you know, top five, top ten on most everything, the same list that you're on, Mike. So, I mean,. <laughs> I don't know that that's going to fix our problem, even if we did do that. Yeah, well, there was there were some good replies in here too. One of the suggestions was to you can only fast track once. So once you fast track that first time to say like the from C to B, if you lose your B license, you can't fast track. You would have to actually work your way back up through the season. That might that might put a little emphasis on not losing your license and being yeah, you only do careful. it once. Yeah, I actually really like that idea. Yeah, because I mean you could do the fast track thing, but then if you're not safe enough to hang on to it, you're going to drop back down and 
it'll take you, you know, a season to get back up. I think that's a, yeah. a really good idea, actually. So there's actually a threat to lose some because then if you do run a open for points, at some point you lose that, you won't get it back for that season. Yeah, I, I like that idea. So you can run time trials too, and never even race to move your license up. Yeah, that's right. great too. Yeah, and no, maybe you get maybe it's somebody that's uh, you know, fairly new and not getting around very well. They do the fast track. They find out you know they're in over their head. They get down close to losing their license, and it forces them to go do those time trials to keep their license. And they get that practice, and then they're good to go again. I think they need to tweak the SR system just a little, just to make it a little bit more painful uh meaning you're more quicker to lose a license like right now there's no incentive for me to drive differently because i'm not ever going to lose my license the way i drive i never will fall to a b i might lose some sr but i'll always stay an a pretty much well see the problem with the only reason that's the case for you though is because you only run nis i mean if if they made a bigger you know if it was a bigger uh hit you i mean i I'm at like a two point something right now just from racing because I've been racing some A and C races and they're short. And if you get wrecked, then you take a big, big, big hit. hit. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they could do that. I'm hoping maybe they can make it a little bit stiffer penalty. If the new uh, damage model does what it says, you know, and helps get rid of some of those ghosts. Cause that's the thing. I mean, there's our times and you'll come out with a race, you know, eight X and no damage. I mean, that, that sucks. You only get kicked out of a race without ever really getting in a wreck just because of, you know, net code. All right, we're running out of time. Let's keep moving. Uh, next topic, I'm going to pick up uh, it. Uh, iRacer Michael Main has put up a forum post in the forums that he's going through some health issues. Uh, he's actually been diagnosed with cancer. Um, he's going to be taking some treatments to fix it. Uh, but he's also been given some uh, worst-case scenario, like uh, something like four to six weeks. And so uh, a lot of people are on the forums uh, making sure Michael Main is in uh, their prayers. Now, he does run a, uh, a company called Main Performance PC, and that's the company I've actually bought my brakes from and my cockpit from. And so, anyway, uh, prayers for Michael Main. Now, he did post uh, that he's trying to sell the business so uh, his wife and kids can have some uh, money um, and that kind of thing. So, I, we want to put it out there so everybody knows about it and is thinking about Mike. Uh, and, you know, if there's somebody who's interested in purchasing a uh, a, a sim equipment business. Uh, I mean, he is very well known in the industry. Uh, he's been providing PC equipment and and sim equipment to the community for quite some time. Like I said, I've bought stuff from him in the past and have been very pleased. Uh, what about you guys? Have you had anybody interacted with Mike before? Um, I've looked into some of his stuff, and yeah, just like you said, I think he's been making great stuff, and uh, hopefully somebody you know, picks up that company and uh, keeps it going. Maybe helps take care of his family. Cause uh, I, I did check into it a lot. It seemed like the only issue I ever saw was there was a particular part. I can't remember what it was um, that had failed in a set of pedals and a bunch of sets of pedals. It wasn't on him. It was the, you know, the person he got the part from and he went and took care of all those customers who had that bad partner pedal. 
Yeah, that's kind of how he got out of the pedal business is because he did have a bad batch. But like you said, he is a good businessman. He loved, he lived up to it, and he fixed all those people's problems before he decided to pull the plug on the pedals. Now, he was working on uh, a wheel as well, and I was kind of waiting for that direct drive wheel because I wanted to get something from the same company who made the pedals. Uh, but I'm not sure that's going to happen now. So I'm sure uh, concerned about Mike and uh, we'll be praying for him. And I hope he does well. Michael Main at Main Performance PC. All right, let's keep moving. We're going to uh, skip some of the hardware stuff. But uh, what I do want to talk about is Fanatec. Uh, put out a update video to the uh, video debacle they did the first time. They put out another video. It came out fairly well and was fairly well received from the community. Uh, basically, uh, with more information about uh, pricing on the DD1, it's basically uh, $999 is what the price is going to be on the DD1, and the DD2 is going to be the $1,500 price. And that's been announced. Uh, the auction is that you can buy the DD1 and auction at whatever price you'd auction for with a max of 950, and you won't pay for more than 950 if you decide to sign up for one of the auction items. It'll be a hundred of them. I think the if I remember him saying uh, remember right, and this is kind of the big thing with the auction because I thought it was kind of weird, but I think those ones they're auctioning off. Those DD1s, they actually have the DD2 motor in them. So you're getting, if I'm not mistaken, you're getting the you know the expensive one in the that that cheaper price. Yeah, and it's like maybe detuned a little bit software-wise, but yeah, you're right. Hardware, it's still the same motor. Yeah, and I think also I think when once they actually launch, you're going to be paying extra for their five-year warranty, and I think they're um, giving that away with the initial releases as well. With the DD2, you get five years DD2. for free, okay. right? And uh, I would be curious to see what the Black Friday sale would be on one of these. So I'd be really interested in picking one of the DD ones up. Yeah, it, it's not a bad little price if you want to get in on the auction because if you're going to get one anyway, and you were going to get the fifteen hundred dollar version one, why not get this thousand dollar version one? Yeah, if you have it's the not money, that much different. And you're like, yeah, you're already into that Fanatec ecosystem. It seems like that's a that's a pretty easy. Yeah, if you have the bet. wheel already. That's yeah, the one that's, cool thing. I said, be one benefit of picking this up is I've got wheels I could use with it. It'd be just plug and play. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about Fanatec stuff. They they have awesome stuff, but I've also seen people have had some issues with them, and they're so expensive. But the one cool thing about these new direct drives is how they're they're. All the rims are going to work with these things, and it seems like they're trying to do that with their whole ecosystem. Where it doesn't matter which base you get, it's going to work with all these rims and these pedal sets. That's that's pretty cool. I think it's a smart move for the business too, because it allows you to get in on an entry level base and then move up as you can afford it. You don't have to replace your entire system. At, you know, every time you want to upgrade. Yeah, and yeah, and hopefully they keep doing that in the future. So you know, if you spend fifteen hundred dollars on a base and then three years now or you don't get the warranty to say three years now. You need a new one. Um, all your old rims work if you decide to get the upgraded model that might be out then. You know, so hopefully they keep doing that. It's really cool. Saves you some money. Now, did you get the impression that the DD1 and the DD1 price of under a thousand 
isn't forever. Like maybe it's just for this auction, and then maybe after that it's not going to be available at that price. I don't know. There's the stuff was still a little confusing. Like I said, especially with yeah. the warranty stuff. I kind of like got that gonna... impression. Yeah, it, but it was definitely much better than the first video. That first one, man, I got through like 10 minutes of it, and I was it was so bad, and I was just so ticked that they still hadn't said anything about the price. I just turned it off, but and they did a lot better job with the second one. I agree. I just don't know if they'll sell all of them if they go over that $1,000 marker. I think that's, for them to, to make this a profitable deal, I think they have to stick under $1,000 to where they'll sell a quantity of them. Yeah, I hope they do well. I definitely want to see a lot more direct wheels on the market and hopefully drive those prices down because I want one, but oh, holy cow, I'm not so, going to convince the wife to let me have one. <laughs> yeah, so in summary, the first video came out, they announced a product of $1,500 that didn't have a wheel. They uh, said there would be another product, but no pricing. And so now the second video comes out, so the second product is under 1000 And so they've made that announcement that they do have a product under 1000 I'm not sure if it's a continuous price under uh, for that, but we'll have to see how that plays out. They yeah, also said, yet. yeah, they have a wheel adapter that will allow you to put any kind of wheel on that base. Uh, they're working on it. And so you'll have to live with the adapter and a USB cable if you decide to go that route. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. And that's the, the cool thing. The way that they're doing this deal so you can make all these wheels interchangeable, I guess, is the... It's a wireless connection going to the base, so there's you don't have the the plug basically. It's just a wheel mounted to the base, from what I understand. Yeah, and all this wheel talk has got me thinking. Man, I really want to upgrade my wheel. I want the, I still want the AccuForce and uh, V2. Now I wonder if AccuForce is working on a V3. You know, considering it's been a while since the V2's been out. All right, let's uh, jump into final thoughts. Bobby Jonas, your first final thought. Uh, I'm getting ready to start working on my walking to Glen stuff. I just want to get some practice in. I don't want to have to wait till last minute, like last couple of weeks have been. But looking forward to it. All right. Hopefully. Well, let's uh, get it then. Uh, Chris Scales, final thoughts. Uh, kind of looking forward to the night's race. I guess I haven't raced the the fixed at Pocono yet this week and if i usually it's this thursday night race is kind of a nightmare so i'm gonna hope for the best and i yeah, definitely want to thank steve for coming on I, I, like i said i'll probably you'll be hearing from me at some point i don't know if i want to jump in you know mid-season or wait till next year but i definitely think I, next year i'll be splitting my time between nis and a, a good league because this this wrecking is just ridiculous i, I want to race not run around under caution laps <laughs> Yeah, that's the beauty of a league. Uh, you have less cautions, typically. Um, all right, Tony Groves, your final thoughts. Yeah, I got uh, I got two, and hopefully I'm not going to be too long-winded over this. Um, my, my first one, I want to shout out the iRacing customer service. Um, I uh, I was gone for the weekend. I come back uh, Monday, mon- early Monday morning. I get a, an email saying my subscription had expired, and I'm like, oh, crap. So it had. Um, and then... I, I usually re-up when, when we got the sales on, right? So I was expecting the summer sale. Well, that didn't happen. I was like, okay. So I re-up for, you know, three months, get me a little closer to the Black Friday. Well, three hours after I'd done that, um, oh, look at that. There was, uh, <laughs> there was a sale because uh, uh, the uh, the 10-year anniversary sale. 
came on. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So I, I sent a, a quick message to iRacing, um, told them what had happened and, uh, offered up a few suggestions if they could help me out. And sure enough, they, uh, right away, they deactivated my account, um, gave me back, uh, what I'd spent for the three months in, in credit so I could uh, resubscribe for a full year. Now that all took place about an hour and a half after I had originally uh, uh, emailed them about the problem. So I just want to throw a big shout out because man, I'm not so used to getting good customer service like that. And well, they, they just keep me happy. What can I say about that? And uh, the number two is, man, I miss Will. <laughs> uh, the, the, the script, um, man, we were, we were missing it. So whatever you're doing, Will, get her done so you can come back, man. A second That's that right. come back, Will. <laughs> yeah, we definitely miss Will. Uh, Will, in, in, so you all know he's our editor, and so he cleans the script up from all our topics. Well, he didn't have time to do it this week, so we've been kind of flying blind. But, uh, yeah, Will, come back soon. Uh, all right, yeah, Tony. Good luck with uh, the iRacing customer service. It's great. Just like I said, I posted up an issue of my personal issue with blinking, and I got a personal response. And it was timely, too. And they put out a, a hot patch to actually fix it. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, an hour and a half. I, <laughs> you, don't, you, you just don't see that very often these days. Uh, so it was, it was quite refreshing. It was, it was awesome. I mean, just, you know, take my money. Like you're going to continue doing, I've got no problem spending it. Yeah. I'm sorry to drag this out, but one more um, quick thing that iRacing can fix. I bumped into a guy in a race the other day. His name was like John Smith or something. So it was like John Smith 10. Um, I had kind of the same issue when I first started. I had a, the original account that I created 10 years ago, couldn't race. My computer wasn't good enough. And then about a couple years ago, same thing. Computer wasn't good enough. And then so when I finally did get going, I was Chris Scales 3. Uh, I emailed iRacing, and they just changed that because I, I didn't want to be 3. I didn't had even raced yet, and they changed it to Chris J. Scales. So some of those guys out there with the 6s and the 10s because you have a common name, I, you know, email iRacing. They can they can probably do something to get rid of that and still make you, you know, uh, unique. Yeah, yeah, they did that for me as well, Chris. Um, I might as well mention that because on my credit card, it is not Tony. Um, but they uh, found a workaround to to have a name that I want people to see. <laughs> nice. All right, and uh, Steve Thompson, uh, thanks so much for coming on the, the, the podcast today and tell us about the old bastards uh, racing league. Uh, tell us again how to find those guys and uh, – and your final thoughts. Yeah, guys, I, I really appreciate you having me on. I I uh, can't wait to listen to your guys' podcast every week. It's great. And uh, I tell all my friends about it, and I, I, I uh, share your posts and stuff. Uh, go to oldbastardsracing.com or obrl.net and uh, come, come join us for some racing practice. We have uh, practice sessions up uh, almost every night. They're listed in the uh, hosted section under OBRL and also my name. And uh, Chris, come see us. We'd love to have you come and uh, do some league, ra league racing. You can come anytime, join a race, whatever. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. And uh, I spent probably two weeks. I'm kind of a person that once I commit to something, I like to see it through. So before I start something, I really do my homework. And I probably spent a good week or two trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And, and I did a lot of shopping around for leagues. And yeah, you guys has looked 
Absolutely awesome. And so like I would highly suggest if you're in that age range and uh, eye reading range, definitely look them up. Yeah, neat idea to kind of limit those uh, high eye rating guys out so you have an opportunity to win because sometimes you get in these leagues uh, uh, where they do have really good drivers and you don't have a prayer, you know, and so maybe uh, you can be competitive there. So that's cool. Yeah, thanks for coming, Steve. Uh, thanks so much. You're welcome back anytime. My final thoughts, uh, boy, uh, you know, with New Hampshire and then Pocono, Wreckfest, Wreckfest, you know, my I rating is still about 3,100, but it's starting to go down. I just need some better luck, and so hope, hoping for a good uh, fixed race tonight and uh, and get a good result because I really don't have any good results this week. So uh, we'll try it one more time and see if we can do it. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.